Welcome back to the Serial Killer Radio Hour from Saturday Morning Confidential. Today I'm joined by queer icon, Power Rangers superfan, and absolute dreamboat, indie wrestler, DJ Summers. DJ, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Applause, 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 applause. I live Greg. for the applause. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to quote the holy scriptures of the Gaga. Um, so for the audience, just tell us a little bit about who you are or anybody that might not know who you are. Uh, so real name is Danny Martinez. I am a indie wrestler that goes by DJ Summers. I am, the depends on where I'm booked, but... Right now, what's really like my claim to fame is I'm a Mighty Morphin Power Bottom, and and my home promotion we're more Disney friendly, and I always say I'm the rejected Disney character. I love that. That's which uh, you know bonds well with uh, the new show, and then our ultra to open dreams because uh, I'll get into some of your uh, your rink costumes and like your style later because it's delightful and we have to talk about it um but so for anybody who follows you on instagram which i have to admit i have a friend who recently got into like the theater of uh professional wrestling and and this is a shout out for us and they keep going you have to watch with me you have to watch and so you know outside of wwe and things they're very much we're, we're indie humans and so they've been digging into indie wrestling and, and they found you and they went oh you have to follow this wrestler because you are going to <laughs> love him. And I think at the time, your latest picture was you in like the Pink Ranger leather jacket. And I went, uh, yes, I was like, oh, I have to follow this human. So I, I absolutely love following you on Instagram. And But anybody who follows you um, knows that you have a love for Sentai and Power Rangers that's literally on your sleeve. It is on your arm. Like, it is literally. Yeah, it's literally. And it's not even just like, look at my Green Ranger tattoo. To. It's you have several, you have decades of Rangers on your arm from different teams. Um, and so, what let's start. I'm going to take you back. We're going to go back in a time machine back to the beginning. Uh, what are some of your kind of earliest memories as a child watching Power Rangers and kind of knowing this was that thing? Because as a kid, you get that moment where you go, Oh, this shit's real. This shit's good. What, what, what were some of those moments for you? So I'm a pure '90s kid. Like Me too. I was, I was born in '91. Everyone who's like, I was born in the '90s, but is like in '98 and stuff. Nah. So I grew up in a single-family household, and my older brother and I are four years apart. So he was really big into Power Rangers, yeah. and especially when I was younger, I wanted to be like him. Mm-hmm. So Power Rangers was always in the house, and because he was so like adamant about it like just by default i was into it mm-hmm. and my earliest memory of power rangers though specifically is the movie like for so many other people mm-hmm. where we ran that movie into the ground like we were children reenacting the fight scene with the ooze characters yes. and i just i constantly grew up with the series like i mm-hmm. enjoy billy and I didn't know, like, like I mean, some people still don't know that we get all our footage from Japan. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I was just super into, like, all the fun costume. And even as an adult, 
as you can see, there's a bunch of toys in mm-hmm. my place. Like I could just mm-hmm. kind of refuse to grow up and, but so, yeah, so grew up on Mighty Morphin and 20 years later, we're still a fan. I am almost a fan 30. of almost 30. We're not almost 30 yet. We <laughs> still yet. got a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2023, 2023, but we're almost there. I know. Ah, But it is one of those, it is a cheesy show in the best mm-hmm. ways possible. Yeah. Kind of like Disney, um, mm-hmm. where it's because of that show, like it kind I was such an awkward geeky kid that I really identified with Billy. Mm-hmm. As much as I wish I was the Red Ranger, I was perfectly okay being blue. And yep. it's just, it's funny now, like, they're just resurgence of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've been a fan since day one and mm-hmm. all these years later. I'm not, I don't want to say super fan because there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. meet me in that category. Yep. But if I have them tattooed on me, like, it's kind of clear you're that... You're a pretty big fan. You're, I'm, like, you're I'm a fan. fan. Like, yeah. It's not a, like... I love only Mighty Morphin because it's the only good season. It's blah, blah, I don't have time Dude. for that. Don't get uh, don't get me started because as we go through this, so you are actually our first guest. So this is going on our season one episode. So you're our very first one, um, and I can't wait for us to get to our in space because for me, in space is like. It, it took them so long to perfect it, but they got there with space. And a couple of the other seasons after that were also really good because I didn't watch space until I was. 22 or 23 and so i actually looked at it from the lens of oh this is like legitimately good storytelling and good acting and really good to okay here we go and that's i enjoyed when disney owned power ranger (gasps) yeah like Mm -hmm. i think like mystic force is one of my favorite as much shit as they get Mm -hmm. i think that is same with spd dino (gasps) thunder i love spd I love SPD. It's up there, but not one of my favorites. Yes. But like Dino Thunder was still kind of holding on to, oh, we need Tommy because Tommy's the only person people care about. And mm-hmm. like SPD and Mystic Force. And there was another season. Was it uh, like Ninja Storm was Disney, right? Yeah, Ninja Storm. Yeah, it's the end. So Ninja Storm was the first. So Ninja okay. Storm, Dino Thunder, SPD, um, uh, uh, Mystic uh, Force, uh, Mystic Force, Jungle Fury, Operation RPM. Overdrive. Oh, I love RPM. Love RPM. Well, because they just went. Well, the show's ending. Let's bring somebody in who actually wants to make the show. And right. that producer made some awesome TV with like people who are now stars. Which well, is, like, and I will say why I love Disney too is. When Saban owned it originally, it was just kind of stunt actors. Yeah. But with Disney, they were like, we want people to act on this show. Mm-hmm. And Mystic Force, Vita is my number one bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, people do not give her enough credit. Justice for Vita. I love her. Uh, v, such a good character. I love... Oh, also, the Mystic Force has probably one of my two favorite suit designs in the entire franchise. Yeah. But I, I'm also a slut for cape. I'm a slut for power-ups. <laughs> I, I, loved, I loved that we got, like, the first articulated figures where we could pop the heads out and so they were like high quality figures and uh i had that whole run like i went back and bought that whole run and i damn i never buy the 
the Japanese toys, but I bought a bunch because I loved Mystic Mother. I loved uh, White Ranger yes. Madonna. And so I had to buy her. I don't have them anymore, but I had to buy her Morpher. I had to buy her little squishy figure. But yeah, no, I loved Mystic Force. Mystic Force hit just hit me in that good, good oh, spot. Well, I loved it. It's well, so, like, and so good. I will say, uh, Beta's line, ever-changing as the wind, is very much who I am as a person. Uh-huh. Where, like, because I've been on a tattoo craze right now, I oh, debated yeah. getting that saying tattooed on yeah. me. And I have a helmet, so, like, I had to talk myself down from that yeah. much. But it's, as cheesy as that line is, I'm like, so many people get stuck in who they're supposed to be. Right. And I'm like, why, why, why do I need to fit in a box? Right. Like, if I want to adapt, going to adapt because I'm ever changing as the motherfucking wind. Absolutely. You well, know? like, I turned 35 this year, and it's one of those things where I was like, you know what? I need to stop putting so much on my pressure on myself to be this thing that I think I should be. Or I had a college mentor because I went back to undergrad late and did my degrees late. And I went, I just don't feel like I'm grown or like, I feel like I'm a fake adult. And she was like, fuck that. She was like, what says what an, being an adult should feel like? She's like, who cares what 30 should feel like to you? Like, you're doing your thing and that's what matters. And so that's what I always try to keep. You know, if I'm going to continue to change and grow, and if I don't, that's a problem. Like, we as people should be ever-changing. We should be growing. We should, you know, it just, we're, we're going to talk about some queer things later because I can't not talk about queer things. You know, it's as we're talking about people wanting their pronouns respected or understanding gender and sexuality is two different, um, like, spectrums. The fact that, you know, we have people who are in their 80s who are going, yeah, that's not a problem. But then we have people in their 30s who can't respect their friends' pronouns. I feel like you, what's the purpose of living if we're not going to keep growing and being a better version of ourselves? Because those are also the people that make history and they're the people that we continue to go back to over and over again. So like, girl, be ever-changing. Get that wind. Right. Whirl up right. that tornado. <laughs> But I love that. I also love that you're kind of, you're, you're like me where I, you've kind of stuck with the franchise, but you acknowledge that it's, it's campy. It's cheesy. It is legitimately made for children, um, right. you know, but it doesn't mean it can't be enjoyable. Like, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people, especially with internet fan, oh, and the Power Rangers fandom oh. is toxic. Oh. She is toxic. Oh. She is dirty. She is dark. I was on the message board for years. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ranger Board. It is yes, like, the, yes. Yes. Oh, we, I was on there for years until I finally went, I need to stop trying to date men that are in other states just because we happen to be gay <laughs> Power Rangers fans, as I literally call myself out <laughs> on the internet. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that, I've had to like leave the idea of fandoms because I am, I've hit that point where I go, I am too old to give a fuck what other people think. Like I'm going to sit here and I'm really going to enjoy things that I want to enjoy. And I don't need to interact with other people in order to actually enjoy them. Cause like you and I are both Disney people and Disney adults are monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Disney adults are monsters. (laughs) I will say like, it's amazing how many parallels all these fandoms kind of have. Because, like, oh, even yeah. wrestling. Oh, like, yes. I I am a fan. I, again, acknowledge how campy Power Rangers is. Mm-hmm. I don't watch it so I can feel something. So I can be like, right. this is the greatest show on earth. But people who are like, well, the Sentai's better. The Sentai's better. 
it's okay for you to enjoy the Sentai. Yeah. But then why are you watching Power Rangers just to trash it? Right. Exactly. Like, you know, same with when it comes to wrestling. Do I agree with everything wrestling has done? No. no. But am I going to be like, well, this is trash. They need to change this, that, and the other, and then still tune in the next week just so I can say what they need to change. I don't... Toxic masculinity or, like, toxic fandoms, all Mm -hmm. of this, where I'm like, I'm not saying you're wrong for having your opinion. It's why are you putting yourself through this so you could just Mm -hmm. get heated how terrible all these things are? Oh, yeah. Well, and it's like, I think back to, I think the final straw, especially with the Power Rangers fandom for me, was when Camille Hyde was cast as uh, Shelby in... The Pink was Ranger? That her, was that her name, Shelby? I forget what her name was in Dino Charge. I don't... I But she was I the Pink Ranger. I, oh, yes. you should delve in. It's actually, the Nickelodeon shows are generally garbage. That one's really good. I have seen, like, I watched all Death Sentai, and... Super Mega Force is kind of what burned Disney oh. Power Rangers for me. Yes, yes. I'm not. I'm not mad at what they they acknowledge their kids show. Yeah. So it, it's if it's not a th- like I even tried watching Ninja Steel because of the Pink well, Ranger. Ninja Steel is real that, bad. That oh, I know, but that Pink Ranger, that woman, Christine, what's her last name? I follow uh, her on Instagram, mm-hmm, yeah. but mm-hmm. she is gorgeous. Stunning. And like stunning. I was like, bitch. I was like, <laughs> Ninja Seal for you. Yes. And I couldn't. I, nope. I got maybe 10 episodes and I was like, oh no, girl. And Did it's one of the this. it's not and it's also one of those things the boys aren't even cute enough to get me through anymore. <laughs> well, I, I can't say that about Ninja Steel, because like Ninja Steel still kind of ever so often these thirsty queens were like, look at this Ninja Steel boy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's not bad looking. No. But again, I can't. I need to watch my P's and Q's because I almost auditioned for the latest season, but they were casting 26 year olds. Yeah. No longer 26. So we opted out. It's all right, anyway, though. I, call, I will be a professor of something in Power Like Be the villain. Be the, the Power Rangers. We all know the villain's the best. Like, we all want to be a Diva Tox. We all want to be a Diva Tox. <laughs> Shout out to Hillary Shepard, who is a literal icon. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of these 90s henchwomen were... Oh. The fact that they're still, like, ongoing strong is testament oh, to who they that, were. And that Hillary shows up in that Divatox costume to Power Morphicon every other year. Oh, girl. Well, same with Astronema. Like, oh, anytime... Melly Perkins? Yes, Thank absolutely. You. She's... Well, and then we had Trakina in... in La, uh, uh, Lost Galaxy. I always want to call it Lightspeed Galaxy because <laughs> those two tend to blend together for me. But yeah, um, like, there's always these badass women, which, like, for me, I... Um, a little spoiler for our Zio episode. We're going to have uh, Catherine Sullivan and Nikia oh. Reese on. Oh my God. I'm so oh. excited. Oh my God. But talking to them about kind of the legacy of the importance of that, like Power Rangers didn't need to have as many awesome women on it as they did for being a kid show, but they did and they did commit to that. And that's something I've always loved, which I think is as like a baby queerling. Then I, I told them, I was like, I had a crush on David Yost and didn't realize it was a crush. You know, yeah. and, and, Steve, like oh. see, I oh Steve, I Steve. Mm, I hit a point where I shadow wrote for people. I shadow wrote Rocky Adam, uh, really lovely fanfic. Like not oh, Lord. not not like gross oh. fanfic, but like really sweet, like romantic, delightful, like loving. 
because uh, I was like rocking at him, rocking at him. <laughs> I I have loved Steve. Like it was him and Cyclops were my two gay awakenings as a child. I love that. Like, there was nothing I couldn't articulate why of course, I was so of like course. into them. Mm-hmm. But I was just like. Rocky, I want to be like him. Rocky He's my was spirit a babe, animal. A babe. And Rocky was. I a met babe. him. I met him half naked, and he was one of the sweetest guys I've ever. Like I, this was early twenties, mm-hmm. and I had zero confidence back then. Oh. And I was just like, I'm so happy to meet you in a singlet. Try not to get hard. It was. It was a choice. It was such a <laughs> that was a choice. Cho- That's I don't understand. You know, maybe it's just because I'm like the eternal fat kid when it comes to things. But I was like, I respect anybody who wears like a harness and a jockstrap to Comic Con now. But I was like, girl, there's some fine ass men here. They're just some beautiful humans, girl. I hope you were like double packed up in there. You were taped down. I don't understand because that could get real awkward mid exhibition. No, like <laughs> when it comes to because like. I used to be overweight for me. Mm-hmm. I was 200 pounds at one point, and which isn't a lot to some people, but for me, it was all fat. Like, there right. was not muscle right. tone. Yeah. Um, and my family has health issues, so I decided to lose weight. But because of being that weight, 10 years later, I still carry a lot of those, like, how I see myself. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I will always say I am an actual geek not one of these like i'm a good looking dude i put on some glasses and i'm a geek it's right i'm socially awkward i will make a pun and when i went walking around i was that was the first iteration of the mighty Morphin power bottom costume i love that and i wasn't going there to be like look at how hot i am it was i kind of feel good about myself i really just kind of want to meet a power ranger half naked and like I understand why some uh, cosplayers want to show off their work and like get satisfaction. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I've never, even in my day to day life, if I'm doing something, I'm doing it for me. I don't want to be patted on the back. Like, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to my ring gear, I mm-hmm. will go out there. I know I look good. I appreciate your compliment, but please don't come over here thinking you're going to swoon over me mm-hmm. to get my number. Like that's not mm-hmm. that's not what this is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and I always I just like it's also a, I you know I'm catty about it, but I also just I respect anybody who can do that because you know there are so many of us who are battling things, and I also acknowledge that like those people also you know most cosplayers are just the quietest smallest people and then turn into these ferocious beasts and that's why they cosplay and so i think it is amazing i just don't know how i could physically do it because i'd be like oh we would have an awkward moment like the year i met uh the buffy cast and just went (gasps) (laughs) um but you know you know we're kind of talking about this what it does mean to live in a fandom as an adult that you know we have the nostalgia and that's the whole kind of point of our my main show saturday morning confidential is the idea of where does nostalgia leave us but where does nostalgia inspire us instead of having the toxic nostalgia goggles looking back now as an adult you know for whatever that means being being an adult being aged aging um (laughs) what are some things for you that resonate about power rangers and the franchise for you thematically now but you also think might resonate that's good for kids to still be watching it it you mentioned like women's empowerment Mm -hmm. and for me being in a single a single mom household Mm -hmm. that's kind of what 
still inspires me. I'm like, I love anything that really empowers women and for Power Rangers, especially that first cast, they were purposely diverse. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. everyone could feel like a superhero. Yeah. And for me, like it's kind of what leads me to wrestling still Mm -hmm. is I want to be that hero for a kid. And like, there's so many things I do for my younger self because I didn't have it for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I try, whew, the feelings are coming out right now. Girl, um, let them flow. Let the feelings come. This is my first podcast. I can't be getting an emotional wreck. <laughs> Girl, I've cried <laughs> on so many. You're fine. But it's, it's, it's so cheesy, but it's so true because like seeing Billy, like mm-hmm. not David Ghost, Billy, the character, mm-hmm. it was someone I could see myself in. Right. And, even like with Aisha, no, I'm not a black woman. It's a shock. Um, but that sassy, like, kind of normal fighter. Because I was like, I'm not. Even as an adult, I can't do flips. I can't do tricks. I'm not a martial artist. But seeing just like a sorority girl mm-hmm. kicking ass, I'm like, that's my me now. Mm-hmm. Like I, anything that just kind of re- lets the underdog feel like they're part of a team. I think mm-hmm. is so great. And yeah. it is, I'm glad to see it. There's so much more of that empowering just because even mm-hmm. in the new movie, they had mm-hmm. a lesbian character and they mm-hmm. had someone with autism. And again, it's people forget what it's like to be a kid. And I think yeah. that's ultimately what's so sad about the human race is yeah. these movies aren't being made for you. It's more so for your kids. Mm-hmm. And like why, Black Panther being <gasps> mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. losing Chadwick. Mm-hmm. That really broke me because I'm like, he brought so many, so much joy to so many people, including mm-hmm. me, where I'm like, mm-hmm. finally, like all of these people who are minorities or who are mm-hmm. social outcasts finally get to feel like you can be a superhero, you can be part of a team, that you're no longer alone. And yeah. I think that is what's wonderful. And that's why I love Power Rangers still so much. Yeah. I, I, the, the quote keeps going around recently that is uh, be the person that younger you needed, which I think is really resonant because it also doesn't put pressure on you to be incredible, to be this amazing thing. It's just grow up to be the person that if you walked into the room, um, do you, do, do you know musical theater at all? Like oh, at all? I'm a huge. I'm okay. A huge, great. Mwah. So Fun Home, the whole, the song Ring of Keys and Fun Home. Um, So it's based on the Alison Bechdel comic about her coming, you know, coming to terms with her lesbianism and losing her father, but her father also being gay. And it's the song in it where she recounts seeing this kind of butch woman for the first time when she was a kid. And she just was overwhelmed by this feeling that like this woman was amazing and she was brilliant because she was like a delivery driver with this big ring of keys and boots and it's and it's so silly to listen to the lyrics but it like i cried during the tony award performance but you know it's one of those things where whether you realize it then or whether you realize what you need um to to be seen or see yourself as like the, those are so important to to have and so yeah you don't need to be a power ranger for your younger self but like your younger self needed things that they had no idea what they needed. They didn't know how to uh, voice the vocabulary. So it's, we just want to be better for, you know, 
future, also future versions of us, because you might walk into that room and someone might light up and you might be that person that they're going to reference in eight, 10, 12 years and do things just because you existed for no other reason. Well, like, uh, and that's one of my favorite thing stories uh, from pro wrestling is mm-hmm. I've kind of chilled out and like kind of let my walls down more so, especially mm-hmm. with little kids because little kids are sometimes assholes without realizing. Yes, they are because they don't have that filter. Um, but it was one of our first shows in a new venue and mm-hmm. I came out in holographic, uh, I think they were leopard print, blue pants and a sequin cape because yes. that's who DJ Summers is. And did the match, the whole thing, the next week, this little kid came up to me and was like, you were wearing glitter and sparkles. And I was like, yeah, and what of it? Like, I was trying to be like, listen here, little kid. And he was like, she's like, oh, I just let, you know, I liked it. And I was like, okay. Uh And then his mom came up and was like, I just want you to know that when you came out, he was like, I know I was supposed to boo him but he was wearing glitter and sparkles and I like glitter and sparkles and that's okay, I guess. And it like, I didn't know how to process that. Mm, yeah. It, like I, I posted it on my Instagram this last week where it was one of my favorite quotes. I don't know who it's by my bad is remember what it felt like to see a queer person living their truth. Mm-hmm. You were now that person for someone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dad, it's so true. And I, because uh, again, I don't look at things the way, like, mm-hmm. to stroke my ego. I'm just like, if I want to wear mm-hmm. some leggings and go to the ring, that's what makes me comfortable. And the mm-hmm. fact that something so minor can inspire so many mm-hmm. people, it's very overwhelming and touching. Yeah. I, um, when I worked, uh, I did a college program at Disney several years ago and I was in merchandise at Hollywood studios and it was before frozen came out, but just after like tangled and princess and the frog, it was actually the year I left right before frozen came out that November. So I missed the, the, the frozen wave, um, which took over that year, but there was a little boy who was coming around who just wanted a Rapunzel doll. And when they finally found it and his dad was like, no, he can't have that. He can get something else. And the mom was like, no, 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 he can get this. And the dad was like, no. And so the dad was like, I'm going to go wait. And but he was like, but that doll better not come out with him. And, or he was like, you better not spend the money on that doll for him. And so, you know, at that point as Disney cast members there, they have a lot of like those moments to make magic. So I went over, grabbed our little pad, wrote it out. And I walked over and I talked to them and I was like, so I just heard from Tinkerbell that you're a big fan of Rapunzel. And he's like, yeah, I really like to have Rapunzel, but I don't, I don't think I can. And she was like, maybe next time, sweetie, maybe, maybe we'll be able to get it for your birthday. Or, but she was like, you know, you'll be able to find something else that you'll be able to take home with you. And I was like, you know what? Tinkerbell wanted to make sure that you get to take this home. So I was like, consider this a gift from someone else who loves Rapunzel and Disney princesses, who's also a boy. And I just winked at him and then we gave him the doll. And the dad was like, did they buy it? And I was like, no, it was just a gift from the company to uh, a little dreamer. And he went, a gift. And I went, yeah, I was like, I was a little boy that played with dolls too. And I was like, I turned out pretty okay. I'm working my dream job. 
And so, you know, I, those men scare me. They still scare me to this day. Um, I like to think through time and experience and dragging things that I don't take shit anymore. But, you know, those are those moments where like queer people were still desperately afraid of having the shit beaten out of us by like, I know I'm six, three and 300 and some odd pounds. So like, I'm not a tiny person, but like, there are those moments where I feel so small because of that. And, you know, it's one of the few moments of courage I've had in my life, but I was like, I had, I probably would have spent every penny I had in my account on that little boy to get him a little Rapunzel dress and everything else. Cause <laughs> of course he was like touching the Rapunzel dress that was next to it. And like doing that thing that all kids do where they just kind of like, pet down it and you watch their eyes glaze over and they're imagining just spinning and twirling in it. You know, that first time we all put on a sparkly cape, that thing you do when you spin around. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's, I think it's really important. And if that's all you had to do was put on those leggings that you put in your back that day, like that's what you were going to do anyway. But that's so cool to think of how many kids that you could just, just by existing, it's very, it's very important. Um, Yeah. And something I think is interesting is uh, you're a comic fan as well. Um, I mean, I like to think, because you said Cyclops in your performance last name is Summers, I like to think that had something to do with Scott Summers. Oh, oh, wholeheartedly. Like, have, I, b- bisexual I almost, icon Scott Summers. <laughs> I was almost uh, Billy Summers. And Cute. Because of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I'm going to be Billy. Didn't, it didn't sound good. And yeah, Billy like, just doesn't have that ring that, like, DJ does. That DJ does. And yeah. I was like, well, what if I was, like, DJ Monroe for Storm? And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. And then DJ Summers is kind of really what has stuck. And, <laughs> yes. Also, because DJ Summers also sounds like you could easily be twins with a pageant queen. Like, you're this weird sibling. Well, or you are the pageant queen as well. Like, that's your other alter ego. Also by oh. DJ Summers. She spins, she's in the ring, she spins, and she's this big, badass diva. <laughs> I was, JJ uh, uh, Summers is a very multifaceted name. I was like, maybe he's a DJ, maybe mm-hmm. he's a stripper, maybe he was a porn star at one point. There's a whole lot that DJ could sound All of like. the above. I mean, all right. of the above. Uh, but, so have you been reading the Power Rangers comics? I have not. Like, <gasps> I know, Ooh. I know big pieces of what has been happening of course but, they, they've been wor- the worst at keeping spoilers but and i don't have the funds to do a constant comic buying so i'm like if they come out with graphic novels maybe we'll finally get around mm-hmm. to it but i have not i love the cover arts that always come out i that just I like I haven't bought an issue in probably two years. I've, I've kept up with what's happening, but some of the new Ranger Slayer uh, uh, oh. covers, where now they, uh, well, I don't want to spoil this for everybody. Well, I mean, it's not a spoil because it's her own limited run series, but the, uh, that Kim Hart is Lord Draken now, Draken. And yes. like, she's got this, the, she's got the Firebird costume. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. I love everything because it came out the same week as the new storm cover where she's just naked with the big white hair and the orange tan on her skin. I just literally went to buy comics that I could frame because they're all women who yes. I love. Yes. I mean, because I mean, just so this actually gets us right through into my next question. Cause like, I'm also someone like, I, you know, gay, 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 gay. I love Dazzler. She's my favorite X-Men character. Oh, yes, Cause of course she is. Oh, I almost got a face tattoo through Dazzler. Almost like that close, but not really. Oh, no, not a big, no, no. Yes, 
Yes. Like, if oh, I could no. actually look like oh, I no. had makeup on, bitch, it would be over. I have thought about getting right here under my ear, getting that bo- her bottom bit, that, like, weird little sallow's tail that's the mm-hmm. blue, getting that, like, right here, and then the Nova, the Nova Core star underneath of it, because uh, she's my... Oh, God, I love her. But, yes. so... Again, we've talked about it a little bit. I would be remiss to not bring up that also, like, with your ranger tattoos, because you and I were texting the other day, and you were like, oh, I hate getting tattoos, but I love having them, because you you got that fairy yes. in your arm right now that is healing. Yes. Um, and you've also got Yu-Gi-Oh! You've got that beautiful harpy on your rib cage. Uh, you've got your Digimon crests, which if there's anything I stand more than Power Rangers, it's Digimon. Plus, you've got your great, the, the X symbols up here. Have you kind of always embraced your nerdiness in this way? No. Um, not to take away from my parents or my yeah. upbringing. Uh, I w- was constantly told, don't do certain things that were bring you negative attention. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like that, being a queer person, and like my mom was basically a drag queen. Like she had long ass nails. And one of my like earliest moments, should have sent my mom off that I was gay, she got her nails done and she had like these long acrylic nails. Like my mom yes. was a white woman who was stuck in the eighties. Um, oh yes. I love but that. But I remember going to the nail salon with her and after getting her nails done, I was like, I want mine done too. I mm-hmm. want to be gorgeous. And she was just like, no, you're a boy. You can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And constantly like just getting older and kind of always being geeky. Mm-hmm. Cause back, Kids, spoiler alert, back in the 90s and 2000s, you could not be geeky. Like, if you were a nerd, it was so, like, you're a loser, you're stuck at home with your mom. You were a target. Like, people just hated you. Yeah. Thank God for Marvel movies now, because now everyone's a nerd. Right. Um, But, but like, that was the thing. It's like, my family was just like, you're going to grow out of it, so maybe don't do that, and maybe Mm -hmm. don't do this. Mm -hmm. And then... I met a guy who is just as much of a nerd as I am. Mm-hmm. And he is basically like had this resurgence of he's all, he was older than me and mm-hmm. still is older than me. Uh, and he, <laughs> I was like, he used to be, but he's still older. That's um, some time nonsense right there. <laughs> um, just to show my age, but he is such a super like Batman fan. And mm-hmm. The fact that he was almost 30 at that point and just like, I love geeky things. I was like, maybe I can be geeky too. And like, mm-hmm. we guess he loved Batman, but like he was also a Marvel fan. And right. just shortly after we were dating, I got the X-Men symbols tattooed. And he, I, I do owe him so much for everything that like how I kind of handle myself now. Cause he mm-hmm. has been, and is the first person who just kind of wholeheartedly accepted who, who I am and has never been like, no, aside from a face tattoo. That's the only time I've been told no, that I can't really fuck myself up. Yeah. But, but maybe as an older human now, are you kind of happy you didn't get a giant face tattoo? Uh, I don't know. Cause it's <laughs> a curiosity. Same with my ribs. Like I hated getting my rib tattoo, mm-hmm. But I was curious about the pain, so we got it. Ooh, um, okay. But like, I, I very much, I owe him so much mm-hmm. uh, for everything, and 
if, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would be like as embracing of my geek side. Cause mm-hmm. even now, like just trying to talk to people who are geeks, quote unquote, mm-hmm. it's very hard to talk to people because they're not yeah. geeks. They're like, again, I saw one Marvel movie, so I'm a geek. Mm-hmm. Like, you, no. Like, I, it, it, it's so weird. It, the, just the times have changed. But, yeah, no, if, if it wasn't for him, there was no way, no way I would be as, like, geek-centric as I am now. Right. But I think that's also that moment of he was that... It's another, you know, coming back to this idea of be who someone who you need. And he was someone who was dropped into your lap by the universe because you needed to see that it was okay to be this person. Because who knows, maybe you'll be, uh, maybe you'll get that daddy status one day and you'll, you'll be that person for somebody. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just besides. going to be a teenager with attitude. I that mean, you, I, you look like a teenager with attitude, so I mean, exactly what embrace I'm it. I'm almost Girl, 30, still claiming to be a teenager. It's, it's Whatever. Fine. Honestly, <laughs> I, I have learned that I was so afraid of aging, and now when I hit 35, I was like, bitch, let's be 40. Let's do this. Girl, let's bring it on. Um, you know, and but inside I'm still going, but you're already dead to the gaze. <laughs> um, but I'm also like, girl, you're a fat nerd that's femme, you're already dead to the gaze. Um, you know, but joking aside, I love I have you know learning to embrace that I'm large and I'm femme and I'm unusual and I think it makes me fucking cool. So um, you know, but that's I think it's so amazing because again. I've met some of the most amazing people through nerdiness and con- God, I miss fuck. I fucking miss conventions. Can we talk uh, about how much I miss right. conventions? Because we're recording this in, in, in October. 2020. Yeah. 2020. This will air in January, but like I, God, oh, I just, My bad. Miss, <laughs> no, you're good. I miss conventions. I miss seeing people. I miss giving people hugs. That, like, honestly, I miss hugging people. Like I it's miss all I want. people, and I don't even miss like the like fun hotel parties of cons. I miss literally just geeking out over people's cosplays and buying yeah. way more things than I need, and you know, being mad that the fake Power Ranger nerds got into the the Jason Narvi panel that I couldn't get into because uh, oh, they oh. girl. Um, oh, oh he he lives in your neck of the woods, though. He lives up in your way. Because who is it? Jason Narvi. He was Skull. He oh, teaches. Yeah. He, oh, he's amazing! Oh, he's amazing! He's this awesome. He's 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 a doctorate in Shakespeare, and he teaches at a theater oh, program. I, think I knew this. I think yeah, I knew he's this. so. Yeah. And I had no idea until I went to a Comic Con panel with him and JDF a few years ago. Because you will learn this. Everyone at home will learn this. That uh, uh, I am the. I am where everybody else is the biggest JDF fan. I am the least favorite JDF fan. So why am I? Like, oh my god. Story time. I hope he hears this. Like, this is the one thing I will live up to to the day I die. So, he was the first Power Ranger I had met. Mm-hmm. Reason for I was not a fan of Tommy because I have never, even as an adult, when someone is so like overhyped and in your face, I'm not into that. So, with Tommy, that's all that has had. Mm-hmm. So, was not a fan of Tommy. Then I started seeing what Jason David Frank was doing and like, he loves his fans and this and that and the other. I was like, okay, maybe I'm the asshole. Mm-hmm. This would be like, I will own up to my truth. Saw him at the convention, paid to meet this man. Last a one lot of mine. A lot of money. It was like 
50 bucks, whatever. That's Typical still a price. lot. I didn't pay that much to meet David Tennant and when he was the doctor. Oh, so. <laughs> he said, we needed to hurry this up so I can go on break. And I said, okay, I am not the asshole. I read your aura all these years. You're the bitch. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. Like, worst celebrity meeting experience because he's of that. A, he's also just not been great with, like, queer and especially with, like, trans... But he has a gay friend, so it's okay. Just saying. Girl. Because that's everyone's excuse. Yeah, I mean, I will say that he is kind of single-handedly responsible for all the Rangers starting to go to conventions and there being Power Ranger conventions because he was the first one that was like... I'm not making money. Let's. I. Uh, I can make fifty bucks ahead to meet somebody. Let's go do it. I don't so think that is great to brag about but, that you're not making. But that's my right. own. Well, I mean, you know, he's Bam. running. Uh, you know, he's running. He's not. In, in no world will anybody say he's a good actor. In no world is he a good actor. But you know, they. It was cool when they could bring Tommy back for you know Dino Thunder. That was a thing. But it's also I I have this conversation with two of my good Power Ranger friends, uh, both straight people who are lovely because we love the straights too. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, we always have the conversation of why does the why does the mantle of this giant franchise have to rest on the shoulders of Tommy Oliver? That's and it's not even a JDF thing. He just had the he just had the benefit of playing Tommy. So it would have been anybody who played Tommy. Yeah. But why why is it Tommy that has it? You know, there are other Rangers that I think could be just as cool to continue mantles or carry out through time. Or you know, uh, you know, I frankly now I think Jen from Time Force is that one who actually the mantle yes. of the the whole franchise or For Andros. Woman, yeah, like I yeah. Would, yeah. Or Andros from Space could be very cool because, you know, Spacey thinks he was the first big full-time alien ranger. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I need people to be kind and lovely only because it's like, yes, you were there and we're paying to meet you, but you're only there because people want to pay to meet you. Yeah. And so it is a give and a take. It's like, don't be a piece of shit. And because I'm also too old to not call out people on their shit. Like I love Drag Race, but I I can't wait for the day that we can publicly just be like RuPaul, you are canceled. Thank yes. you for everything you've done. You are a literal icon for what you've done, but now you are not doing good things. Um, well, I, I I will say when it comes to like JDF or like that Tommy character is such a commodity, though. Mm-hmm. Like no matter. And I think they kind of know it. Like, no matter how mm-hmm. shitty they decide to be, unless they decide to murder somebody, they're okay with their spots. No, no that was no shade. I am so sorry. Oh, it's also because he wouldn't be the first Power Ranger to murder somebody. <laughs> I know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it, no, it's I, one of those like. Yes. yes. It's okay that you did all these things, but you didn't put Power Rangers on the map. Like we'll say, right. you do. Right. You can't prove though. Rupa drag on the map. Like, oh, yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's also one of those things where I think, but that's also because a lot of the voices of the Power Ranger fandom are nerdy, straight guys that, you know, yeah. or they're, you know, they're guys that did get into martial arts. That's, I will say, he inspired generation, at least two generations of, of kids to get into to martial arts, which was yeah. amazing. And he, you know, he has a dojo. Like, he, he has followed through on the education side of things. Um, uh, and and whatnot, but I think this is a good transition point. So, 
So I brought this up a little bit earlier. Something else I really adore about you um, that kind of really sold me as a wrestler to to you uh, or you as a wrestler to me, that you are, along with like how unapologetically nerdy you are now, you are unapologetically queer, which in something like wrestling is amazing and refreshing. And is that... As you started to dabble in in the wrestling or know that you wanted to start doing wrestling, is that something that you knew you wanted to have as part of your story when you were getting into wrestling? Yes. So, like, I will say I am not a masculine, whatever that term may mean to whoever yeah. is listening. I am I'm not stereotypically a masculine man. Mm-hmm. I have never been masculine. I have always been animated. I have always been kind of a character of whenever I present myself, like mm-hmm. I'm a ham. Um, so I knew day one, when I decided to train, I was not going to come out. Like I was not going to fool anybody that I was straight or like mm-hmm. even butch. So right. for me, and like, again, talking about like being the hero you needed, I got into wrestling as a fan during the ruthless aggression era mm-hmm. where they had a lot of different women looking like powerhouses. They had Rico, who was this queer character. They had Goldust. They had so many people that like you could identify as. And then they won PG and they started just kind of booking these really butch, masculine. Everyone kind of started looking like one another. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm not into wrestling as much. Yeah. And as a fan, a, there was this woman, Caitlin, who broke the mold of what a woman's wrestler was supposed to look like at that time. Mm-hmm. She was a bodybuilder. She had two-tone hair. Uh, and I related to her so much because she was like this gorgeous woman who's super dorky. And I was just like, huh, if she can do it, why can't I do it? And so Caitlin is Celeste Bonin. She is a entrepreneur. She is my idol. She is my unofficial mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sponsored by her company for a little bit. She like, she's someone oh, yeah, again who changed my life, but because of her and like wanting to be the hero that I needed to see again, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to go start training as a wrestler and be queer. Like I knew my strength was probably not going to be my ring ability. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I'm flamboyant and like I have something to make up with the lack of ability I had at that time, I thought that brought so much strength because at that time I didn't think there was any queer talent on the indie scene. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to be first and spoiler alert. I'm not, there's a whole bunch <laughs> of us on the scene, but like it because I was so like, I didn't see that representation. I was like, well, we're going to bust down some doors and do it. I love that. That's, that's amazing. Also because for I I for all the people I know who like wrestling, for every like two people that love like mainstream wrestling, I know five or six people who love indie wrestling more. Especially in Florida, yeah. Oh, especially in Florida. Yeah. Um, but even my friends who were in New York that I knew a lot of like actors oh, yep. who are were also like, I think yep. I want to start training. Which I love that. And I mean, honestly, give me give me some theatrics any day, because it is, you know, I'm a theater human and it is literal 
theater. <laughs> like, you yes. know, it's... Yes. Um, well, that was like what I became a fan mm-hmm. back when I, I did, because I am... I was a theater geek in high school mm-hmm. and it's where all the queer by, kids go. <laughs> right. Like we're all, we're all together. Either that or you hide in sports. One of the two. That is true. And again, I was never a masculine. So, right. I feel you. So <laughs> theater happened and then wrestling happened. And yeah, like it is. I same with drag. Like the, and that's kind of where why I am so like costume based now is mm-hmm. I wanted to be a drag queen at one point and it never happened because I'm colorblind can't do my makeup. Well, also Chicago has some insane talent like to jump into drag, but it also looks like a community that is welcoming of new queens. But like that talent no. is always. No. Oh, I have heard no. it's very clicky. And I, I have, yes. I didn't realize it was that difficult there. No. Um, so what it comes to our Chicago drag, mm-hmm. what happens is they're not drag queens. They're mm-hmm. more, they're like drag hosts. Oh yes. Yes. And so like when someone sees like a new queen, they're like, well, screw you. I'm the host. You're not coming <sighs> for my gig. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if, you're not a kimchi or you're not like this over to life character. You're not going to yeah. get, mm-hmm. you're not going to get booked for like these great parties that everyone's going to. Right. It's there's a like major underground Queens who are mm-hmm. very like break the mold, but the girls who've made it on Rue were very much kind of established here yeah. and people knew who the fuck they were. Though I do love that the Vixen is, like, coming up with Black Girl Magic. And, well, yes. and everything that happened with Tranica after, um, or oh. T-Rex, I'm sorry, with T-Rex. I, um, oh. I, and, like, watching it from afar, you know, I came from New York City drag. So, like, that is, it's a very, it's oh. similar but oh. very different. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I go, ooh, I hate to see the girl on top fall. Yep. There aren't pillows at the bottom, queen. And it's one of those where it's like your actions, re- you know. So, and because I'm not fully informed, I feel like you and I could do a whole other episode where we just talk about what is happening there. But it is good to see that you've got some of these queens that are going, let's actually make this community different and you need to stop getting yes. and drag, which I do think is really phenomenal. But I love that you brought up your costumes because... Uh, again, you keep bringing, you keep going right into my transitions. I love it. It's like we, it's like we've been friends forever. Um, but you bring same page. It's same page, same page, and um, okay, you bring you bring an amazing flair um, to your style in the ring, but also like some fun nerdiness. And so I kind of adore what you wear for matches, and it's literally everything from ranger tights to fetish gear to that Cruella DeVille style fur coat with oh, the harness yes. underneath oh, or like oh. you got, you got your full leg out in the evil queen costume. What are, and so you kind of answered that you just, you figured you were going to lean into it. You were going to be fabulous and over the top. And even when you and I were first starting to chat, you said you, you're a drag queen wrestler almost at this point. <laughs> what are some of your style inspirations and, and what do you think about when you're putting together a look for the new story or for your new uh, set of tournaments like what what is what what goes through your head when you are trying to put together new looks or figure out what you're going to wear so like the alliterations of who dj has been at some point mm-hmm. is when i first started i was the male diva 
So I wore these extremely tacky looking costumes because mm-hmm. I like tacky, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, also, it's wrestling. It's all tacky. Oh, don't tell <laughs> that to these straight heteros. Oh. <laughs> Same with drag. These men. But like back then, I was just like being on the indie scene when you're first starting. We all kind of have that vibe of we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like with our ring gear, with who we are, and. I always, like, when I started, I wanted to feel my male model fantasy. So I wore, like, the holographic stuff. And I wanted my stuff to kind of look expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I started, like, working other places. And with, like, the Power Ranger gear, that promotion, like, they said they wanted me to be a Power Ranger because everyone there is mostly queer. So mm-hmm. you needed something else. Like, there needed to be another layer of then right. you're just the queer wrestler. You, and, like, everything, I, and seeing myself in the ring, I don't think I am a sexual icon, but after seeing some of the things I've done, I'm like, girl, like, are you really that thirsty that you're just bringing all this sex to whatever you're doing in the ring? So instead of, like, kind of swaying away mm-hmm. from being that way, I just embraced it. Well, and sorry, keep going. I keep interrupting you. You keep no, going. Um, yeah, so, like, when I was doing a matter of pride and being the power, I was just like, well, why don't we, instead of just wearing leggings, what if we put on a harness? Because mm-hmm. it sets me aside from some people who are only wearing tights. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives me that fetish element of being the Mighty Morphin Power Bottom. Mm-hmm. And then with, like, the Disney stuff, I typically I don't know things are going to work until I put them on. Mm-hmm. So like the Corella Deville gear, especially that was very hard to kind of like concept because mm-hmm. Corella's even at Disney, all she has is the white coats right. and a black dress. Right. So She's very like, simple. Yeah. I was like, okay, so if I take off the jacket, you're not going to know I'm going to be Corella. So I, I was like, what if I do like a dog chain type look mm-hmm. and bring in paw prints? And like, I've always kind of been kooky and like, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy fashion. I was, I used to be a model. So like, it's kind of just like all these hodgepodge things I have done at some point that I'm like, this is, I'm attracted to it. Mm-hmm. Can I make it work? I think I can make it work. And then, ta-da, we get the business. And I like that. Even, even the evil queen, I did not mean for her to look as sexual as she did, but you put on some fishnets and I was like, bitch, and it's game over. Well, also, it's, I feel like anybody with nice legs, the moment you put fishnets on, all you can do is feel yourself. Like it literally gives you all of the life, all of the life. I was not prepared. I was just like, I'm not going to feel like breaking further. I put those out, sweet transvestite starts playing in my yep. head. Everything. Oh, yeah, it's one of those. It's like, ooh, set up her Craigslist now for the call. Like, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand Katya so much because I'm, I'm a big. I was like, I might be a big girl, but I've got crazy legs. So it's one of those. I'm always just like, ooh, yes, I'm feeling waist up. What waist up? Not so much waist down. Yes, we love her. Um, but you know, it is one of those things because. You know, God bless queer people, but we are predictable and what we're going to love. So, you know, a lot of queer wrestling fans or, or queer folks, they do have really great memories of 90s nostalgia properties. And so, you know, that was also Disney Renaissance. So, like, 
you know, you want to make some queer people happy at like a Comic-Con dra- uh, drag show, walk out in a pink Sentai suit. Like it's super easy, you know, but it's one of those things that I think it's actually a really smart choice that you decided yeah. to go in that direction of, of, okay, well we need to one up at what are, what are, if I'm, you know, the queerness is not what's suddenly setting me apart. What, how let's lean into that. Um, but I will say that I think, we look at wrestling as something that always looks a little sexual because of how much we're told to be uh, ashamed of our bodies and ashamed of finding our bodies appealing to people. And so I think there is something inherently sexualized sexualized about wrestling that doesn't need to be but also like mainstream wrestling too you've got these giant beefcakes and almost nothing and like whether they mean for it to be it's sexual like it is just it's there's a sexual tone to it or when you watch like i hate calling it real wrestling but like the sport of wrestling um like men's wrestling i was like yeah I was like, girl, I've been in that position. We've been in that position. We've been in, girl, and they're just in a singlet with no yep. undergarments. And you're just like, who's gay now? Who's well, gay well, now? I, I will say that is, for me, I've never seen wrestling as something sexual. Right. I have been more appealed to the women. Because again, mm-hmm. I'm basically a secret drag queen. Right. And like their costumes and women's empowerment has always been attracted mm-hmm. attractive to me. That's what I follow. And especially the early years, I did not, I refused mm-hmm. to be objectified. I was mm-hmm. like, I am not, I am not in it for this. And then I embraced it, whatever. But mm-hmm. like, it's, it's so interesting. And was my biggest hurdle when I started wrestling. I really didn't want anyone to think I was there for just that. Mm-hmm. And there, Spoiler alert, for those who don't know, there's this gay wrestling underground fandom that makes me very uncomfortable. Oh. Like, I won't, I won't do custom matches. I don't want to be punched in my abs. I don't, I don't see wrestling as something sexual. Mm-hmm. Yes, I may be a hypo... I'm very sex positive, though. So mm-hmm. if that's your king, you do you, boo. Just be respectful that I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, but to train with these straight guys who have been doing sports all their life or right. were bodybuilders. And I w- again, that like fear of going to training and what if they decide to call me a fag and mm-hmm. decide, cause like I have to trust who I'm working with, right? That if they Absolutely. give me a move, they're not going to kill me. And that first couple months, I like, I really went through the ringer Partly myself and the training. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, because like I was like, I need to prove to these straight men mm-hmm. that I am one of the boy, boys, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Because it is so... And I, I do think it helped me. And like, but again, why I was so like, no, no, no. But all these... It's great because these straight boys are like, I love wrestling and masculinity. And then they see me who... The hate I have ever gotten in the ring are from cis white guys who will call me a fag, but yet you're paying to see sweaty men and basically nothing rope one another. Right. So you can come for me. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I'm queer. I'm sorry if you are attracted to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should try to understand those feelings besides coming for me. 
Let's unpack the bisexuality that most men feel, but they feel so ashamed of, so deeply ashamed of. Um, but, you know, it's it's interesting that you bring up the idea of the fetishization almost of yourself as a wrestler, because this happens with cosplayers, too, a lot in drag queens, where it's this idea of... Um, I have a good friend, I'm not going to say his name on the show, because uh, he was on Dole Whip, but we were talking one day that he's like, you know, just because... I am sometimes doing racier photo shoots and things in cosplay. They assume that it is an open door that they can just send sexual messages or be sexual towards me. Um, and he's like, that's, he's like, that's not part of who I am at all. And he's like, it's a shame that I enjoy this kind of thing so much. And then other people don't know, don't know how to treat people like they're human and that they're a real person and there's a line there just because you see them and are sexually attracted to them. Um, well, so, I, I'm sorry. Uh, so no, just good. to kind of go off of that. Cause I get like, I embrace my sexuality. Like mm-hmm. I do embrace, like I, I won't say I'm ugly. Like I know I'm attractive. I know I post first trap photos. I will fully condone that I do these things, but I think, especially in the queer community, what people struggle with is consent. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I have, when I'm in the all queer venue where mostly of the audience is gay, mm-hmm. I tend to make out with one of the guys in the audience, but I will always ask for consent. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what so many, especially online, people don't know what consent is anymore. Cause like, one of the biggest turnoffs to me is you can be extremely attractive. You can be motherfucking Chris Evans. But the moment you send me an unsolicited dick pic, mm-hmm. you have lost all, like, even if I was curious, like, you just mm-hmm. shot yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's that you, it is basically being a sexual predator. Yes. Like, how is it that you can be on a beach or you can do anything? And you know damn well if you decide to grope this random stranger, you're mm-hmm. going to get punched in the face mm-hmm. or some shit. Yeah. So, like, it, it's interesting where people think they're like, well, you dress this kind of way. You clearly want it. Mm-hmm. No, I'm dressing this kind of way because I feel good about myself mm-hmm. and I want you to live for me. Like, what? you know, it, it's there's such yeah. a fine line of a compliment and being a pervert. We're going to do another episode of my other show where we literally come on and talk about the idea of consent in queerness, especially in like white gay male queerness, because it's such an issue to the point of, I have friends who literally are like rape within gay men can, I'm sorry, I should have trigger warning this before we just, I'm going to chat about this a little bit. So if this is something that you have issues with, please go ahead and jump forward probably about a minute, minute and a half um, where they just acknowledged that they were like, Oh, sexual assault between two men isn't something that can happen if they're both gay. And I was like, ah, I'm sorry, what? Or that conversation of like, you can, renege consent halfway through or you can be like i i this is not something i want and it's you know it's that our idea or of sharing i have friends who share nudes that guys send them and i was like that is being a sexual predator that is you are being part of this issue and it's not just straight men that are part of this issue oh we could i could do a whole we could do a whole series about this of, of just that it's you know again we're not attacking other queer people but it is something that's seen in in an age with grinder and scruff and drop 
sliding into DMs and all these things that it's, you know, I am a very sex positive person. I'm an overly sexual person, but like, you know, it's one of those things that, um, there is that line between being sexual and just not consenting, like not requesting consent. And, you know, this is a thing drag queens will do it too, but also a lot of people do this to drag queens as well. And cosplayers, this is like, this is a thing that it is not, you know, New York Comic Con shouldn't have needed to lead the way by putting a cosplay is not consent banners all over. That's not something that should have needed to happen, but Oh, look, here we are. Um, So that's, uh, really interesting. And, you know, it's, I do think it's interesting because you do have, you know, is, is that something that, you know, you could tie together with this idea of the platform that you have, or how do we, how do we online change this? Cause this is a big, like, it's a big platform. This is something that needs to be handled. I'm so, I'm so happy you brought that up just because that is something that I think a lot of people also just don't talk about at all. Um, and so I guess my, my next question for you would be, there is a lot of buzz online about you. I, you know, when you Google you and there's a ton of like subreddits, which has a lot of the like grossness uh. of just posting, reposting your pictures. And something I do appreciate, you, you called yourself out for posting thirst trap pictures. But what I would say about your pictures are, well, one, you're smart about what the Facebook algorithm is going to catch slash what... I don't get also people that follow people who post like I uh, do you know who Michael Ham is? He's a very attractive cosplayer. Very cute. He does Cyclops a lot, um, no. but he gets reported when a fan will be overly sexual and then he'll be like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with that in the comments. And then they report his photos. Um, so, then, you know, and it's like, how hard and it's also it's like it's not a sexual photo he's wearing proper undergarments in a reed richards costume that's like airbrushed to like have the contours like a lot of them have now so it's one of those things it's like it's not even sexual he's literally just in a cosplay that he probably spent a lot of money on you know because it's it's one of the reproduction suits that are like six hundred dollars a suit um right so uh, you know, it's, it's, I, you, you, cause I was going through your Instagram just to see if there were any stories, any things we could talk about. And you do this great thing where you will blur out certain parts of your photos so that they are, if, you know, you had somebody who was under 18 stumble across your, your page, it's not, um, super insulting. It's, uh, I wouldn't, you know, it's family friendly, whatever that means, but like you were very right. conscious that like, you're so presenting yourself as as your persona, but you're understanding how open of a realm that Instagram is. And so you're not editing yourself in a way that I'm saying is censoring you. You're just being smart about what people could say. So I don't actually think any of your stuff's particularly thirst trappy just because you've got, you know, your leg out because you're showing your amazing Anjouman and Anjouman tattoo or, you know, or your arms are out because, you know, I, you know, also, if I looked like you, I would also never wear a shirt or, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, but but I like, think, yeah, go, 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 go. Um, so like, I, for me, when, and like, I'm glad you brought like the angel woman and angel man on my leg, I knew, and it's just kind of how mm-hmm. people view the world. And it's, I, I'm not just a piece of meat. Like, right. Yes. I'm an attractive person and I own up to sometimes things are provocative. I, I don't want to say I'm sorry that you feel a certain way when you see those photos. Cause that's not where I like, I don't want to shame people, but right. understand why certain photos are being posted. Like right. 
what, especially for the lug tattoo, if I did not blur out my crotch, so many people would have commented on the bulge, which mm-hmm. that's not what that photo was. Although, right. like, also kind of why I'm not full, like these thirst trap Instagrammers. They're like, look at my haircut. You can barely see their hair. Right. Like, you know. Um, but it's like kind of like for me is the whole Reddit situation that has been happening. I can't get mad that someone is taking my photos because online anyone can take your stuff. Yes, it is the open world. Yes. I acknowledge that. I get slightly like uncomfortable because like, especially with that people have felt like it's an open realm now to Mm -hmm. slide into my DMS and be extremely thirst, uh, be extremely thirsty. And for me, DJ Summers, I claim to be your wet dream come true. Mm-hmm. I claim to be a Mighty Morphin Power Bottom. That is the character. Right. You know, if you're sliding to my DMs trying to talk to DJ... Oh, I lost my pin. Sorry, ADAD moment. Um, if you're trying to talk to DJ, that's not who you're going to talk to. Like, right. if you want to meet DJ and you want to interact with him, come to our show. Right, come to the show, pay the money. And it's interesting, though, because, like, you... You don't message Chris Evans to be like, hey, Captain America. Like, you know, that's a character. And it's wrestling is such a weird world, a weird world. And just being an online persona mm-hmm. is weird because people do feel like they know you. And right. like, that's not always the case. And right. if you think I'm asking for it, that again, being kind of a predator is I'm not. Yeah. Uh, just be respectful, like, and anyone, not just for me, because there's a whole yeah. bunch of queer workers and a whole bunch of, yeah. like, I understand now how women's wrestlers have felt for so long, mm-hmm. because they're basically wrestling brown panties, but that's not what they're there for. Right. Um, but, like, you did say, I do censor certain things, because I do have younger fans. Like, right. I am not trying, if I wanted your number, if I was sexually into you, trust me. You'll know. Right. You slide into my DMs and trying to think you're going to seduce me because you want to hook up with the wrestler. It's probably right. not going to happen. Right. Right. It's, it's like, that's the whole thing. I love somebody brought it out recently. They were like, social media is fake. Everything is fake. The online personas of people are fake. This is not everybody. Cause online you can present, like if you look back through the dolphin dreams, um, well, by the time this comes out Saturday morning, confidential Instagram, you will see my like fa- poor attempt at being a Disney Instagrammer, which nobody gives a shit about, but it was one of those things that I was like curating every time we went to the parks or doing these things where you have these cosplayers who curate all of their stuff because you know they want you to go buy their prints because that's what they make money off of they want you to buy their merchandise and that is exactly what you should do like especially right now you if if you are going to dare make an inappropriate comment you better be you better be subscribed to the highest tier of someone's Patreon. You better be subscribed to every bit of content on someone's OnlyFans and then leave your comments to yourself as you enjoy their OnlyFans content and then don't con- don't complain about what they post on their own OnlyFans. Like, that's one of those things. Enjoy them in the way that they're allowing you to and then otherwise just acknowledge that they're these awesome artists that you get to partake in. And if you were privately in 
enjoying them in a sexual way that is for you in private, but don't project that onto them because that is, it's a burden. Also, you should be able to come to your social media and have fun and interact with the people that want to interact with you. Um, Because like you can interact with people from all over the world who might not be able to come see you wrestle in Chicago, but they can watch your videos on YouTube and they can interact with you that way, which is amazing that we have that opportunity now. Um, and so people, people just need to shut the fuck up and sit down, right. let people do what they're going to do. <laughs> I'm grateful. Like I do take great pride. If someone sends me a message, I do try to respond. And like, mm-hmm. cause no one would know who the fuck DJ was if right. it wasn't for fans. Right. Just like, I think there should be like, you should kind of no common sense of what's mm-hmm. okay to say and what's not okay mm-hmm. to say. Um, and that's ultimately what it comes down to is like, yeah. Yes, I appreciate your compliment. Thank you. But Thank don't you. think because I took your compliment, we're going to mm-hmm. sleep together. Right. Right. Like, you know, and like, it's, it's very, it happened sadly this last year. Sonya Deville, WWE female, lesbian, openly lesbian wrestler, had a stalker who got arrested because he broke into her house trying mm-hmm. to kidnap her. Mm-hmm. I understand people have mental illnesses, but anybody who thinks, stuff like that's okay to happen it's it's not like we're all people like and no one's asking for it no, none of it is right at no point is it right so that's just it's you know a thing so i think i've got another question for you is okay. positive notes yeah positive no no i think this is honestly the conversation we've been having is positive because i think a lot of people are afraid to upset other queer people because like look at the pop divas fandoms or even the Rue girls that like toxic fandom is such a thing and gay people are the most guilty of it. I think in many ways, like the fact that Valentina had fans throwing hot coffee on Raja or not Raja Aja on, on stage in clubs after their season together. And that's not to call shit on Valentina. This is just that people are obsessed with these shows to a point that they lose all sense of realm and reality. And I go, what? This is TV. It's fake. Drag race is so (laughs) overproduced. Like story producers. It's a thing. Wrestling is so, you know, especially big, big wrestling is super fake. Well, I will say what, what I love about the queer community and I'm throwing all the shade for this one is people don't understand why I like wrestling, but we've got super worked up about drag race. I'm like, Bitch. It's the same goddamn thing. It's right? the same gonna, goddamn thing. You're going to tell me wrestling's fake, but yet invest that much into Drag Race, which I love Drag Race. I'm f- friends with some of the queens. James Mansfield was my manager at one point. I love James. James deserves, I want an all-star season that's just the girls that went home first or second so that James and Sasha Bell can both go back on and get some love I, that they deserve. I, I love James. James, uh, I again, another person I think People know who I am, but it's kind of like this same thing where it's just like mm-hmm. they're they're going on the show. Like certain things are edited. I just watched like the mu- the musicals where like there's a strip where one of the girl or they're struggling with a piece of fabric, and frame by frame this piece of fabric randomly changes. I'm like, you're not gonna call that out, like mm-hmm. okay, but like it's one of the like people. It's all a work. Mm-hmm. It's, unless you know these queens personally, 
you should not be sending them hate. You should not be like getting that worked up with yep. things. It should, it's, it's all buffoonery. Right. It's Thank trickery. You. Uh, no, you are a thousand percent correct. It's, it's the one issue with kind of a 24 hour news cycle and so much uh, internet and reality TV is that people think everyone is so accessible. Um, I, I'm not going to use his name. I dressed a semi-famous YouTube person who has also done Broadway, but then was on Celebrity Big Brother, or he was on Big Brother. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where he has a monarch of fame. His sibling is much more famous. Um, okay. Big pop girl. Um, but, like, just talking with him about you know he's very open with people but the what people are willing to they you know especially after big brother that you know the fact that people will come for you or have certain opinions or you know it's one of the things or like the drag race girls they'll they get thrown to the the wolves and i was like y'all they felt and they were like take them off the next episode and i was like y'all this was filmed 10 months ago shut the fuck up like sit down right (laughs) Um, well like i will say too like being a wrestler or just having the online persona again people think they know you like Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. James and the princess are two people I'm kind of close with from Drag Race. Yeah. Um, But like for me, one of like the most shocking things is I'm introverted outside the Mm -hmm. ring. Like, Mm -hmm. or even on social media, people like, I acknowledge that like how I present myself isn't fully true of who I am. But if you get that work, like if you think I'm a certain kind of way because what of what you've seen online or because you've heard something from someone, from someone's cousin that told you that they saw me walking down the street one time, some shit. Because that's another thing that people yep. do. Um, it just take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Also, let people be people. Let people have bad days. Like, girl, like, ugh. Uh, so I, I think my thought for you is no you're good my my thought is um would you like to go further with wrestling would you like to to take dj further than than the indie things or would you like to take him to a larger indie circuit what is what what would you hope the light future for dj would be my goal for dj has always i wanted to be known and what whatever aspect that that came like if WWE decides to call me, I will take that call. If w, uh, TNA wants to call me, I'll take that call. Like, I have never... The way I have always worked is the universe is going to give me whatever the universe thinks I need. And I think I... Like, everything I put out, I think, does come back to me. Mm-hmm. So... I do. I really never set the end goal. Like when I first started, my goal was to debut within the first year or to wrestle within the first year. And I was able to do that. And then to like, it's still such a surreal thing to me. Like when big opportunities happen, I'm like a deer in headlights where Mm -hmm. when I wrestled Melina, I did not know that was happening until that day. And the 14, the 15 year old, that's a very, Wrestling happens all the time. Card changes. People don't show up. Mm-hmm. Someone got lost on the way there. Shit happens. But like that specifically, I was like, if you told me 15-year-old me that I'd be 
I would be wrestling someone I grew up watching on TV. Mm-hmm. I'll call you a liar. Like it is wrestling is such a surreal world for me mm-hmm. that anytime I'm just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Like I don't it's as long as people like enjoy what I'm doing, I'm happy with where I'm at. Like if COVID never goes away for like five years, knock on wood, something. Um, it's one of those, I'm very happy with where my journey has taken me so far. And if it were to end, that's okay too. I love that. So as a queer person who is a wrestler, but also a big nerd, what is something that you hope someone listening at home can take away from watching you and following you? Don't stop yourself from whatever it is you're doing. As, as much as I was like, don't message me and don't do that. It's if you have a dream, I think you should make it happen. And for me, I don't like to live with what ifs. Like the worst that's going to happen, whatever your dream may be, as it doesn't work out, right. but you won't know that uh, unless you try. And I really do again. And two, be ever changing as the wind. Like it's okay. If you, there's a hiccup, it's okay to change. And like, if that wasn't your end goal, then keep going. And like, don't, don't put yourself in a box. Like I'm just all these random quotes. Um, but yeah, like the biggest thing, like, and I do really that, resonates with a lot of people is especially this year be genuine and like be sincere to people because covid has really hit me where like Mm -hmm. i had to do a lot of self-reflection where i'm like i feel really alone and Mm -hmm. i have like i have to deal with things that i wasn't ready to deal with Mm -hmm. so like i tried to like make up with that with like I'll check in on people and like mm-hmm. really like everything cheesy that I post is because like, I do believe it. And also I'm like, I'm just, I'm authentic. Like yeah. live your truth and be authentic. And if people are able to do that by seeing what I'm posting, like that, that's great. Like that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing I could tell people is just be authentic because so many people are going to try to put you in a box and try to tell you you need to be a certain way, but it's your life. Why are you trying to live someone else's truth that they're projecting onto you? I can't think of a better way to end the show. Oh my God. Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is, this is such a delight. I also, also you did, you answered my, my message that I sent you out of nowhere so quickly. And I appreciate it because I, I think we're going to be good friends. I, right. I appreciated this. This was so nice. This was so good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So where can everyone find you online? So my Instagram is DJ underscore Summers 91. Uh, my Facebook, I think if you just search Danny Martinez, you can find me. Mm-hmm. And then that's my only two platforms. Great. I don't like Twitter. Like That's good. Good for people who have Twitter. Or I guess right now you can find me on Reddit. And then hopefully you can find my Instagram through that. <laughs> It's true. Well, (laughs) thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. 
I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at CertainPOV.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Thank you once again for joining us for the second Serial Killer Radio Hour with our guest, Danny Martinez, also known as DJ Summers, the indie wrestling sensation. As always, I'm your host, Maddie Limerick, and thank you for coming along with us with the rebranding. We're so excited for everything that we have for you coming up soon. Now, this coming Friday on Saturday Morning Confidential, I sat down with J.D. Martin, and we discuss Rebecca Sugar's queer cartoon phenomenon, Steven Universe. And in February, we have... Big things to come. This interview was actually part of the Beyond the Grid miniseries originally, but I had so much fun talking with Danny that I wanted to share it with you now. So we have some big things coming soon, as well as a very interesting anniversary crossover with Certain POV coming in March. As always, like, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. We really, really can use your help. $2 on our Patreon can help you subscribe, get some fun free things, as well as let us know that you like what we're doing and you can help fund our future projects. I'm going to keep our next interview a secret, so you'll have to come back in two weeks and find out exactly who I got to sit down with. Join us next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.